One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Good morning. Welcome back. I know collectively you all need a big hug. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, it's that kind of after Christmas thing. It's you know, New Year's is done, and now the realization is we're back. We can't. There's no hugging. Are we not allowed hugging. No, I can't even hug people these is. days. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very cool this week, by the way. Um, yeah. uh, dropping down to about four degrees across the day, four or five degrees. But it's going to be very, very slippy on the roads over the next couple of days as well. Uh, so for for today on Lee side, Matt Aaron is saying that it's going to be noticeably colder. It's a gorgeous day out there, um, but temperatures will drop to about four to six degrees. And it's going to be very slippy in the morning. There's even a chance of a bit of sleet and maybe snow Ooh. in the early hours of Tuesday morning, which is what we're in now. So keep an eye out for that yeah. on higher ground. Uh, but it's going to be a chilly week ahead, so take it nice and handy. Um, floating around and a big topic. Uh, for those of you that have smallies at home, how do you feel about sending the kids back to school uh, with the way things yeah. are going? We were talking about this just before nine o'clock. It, uh, it seems very kind of haphazardly mm-hmm. thought out. As, Should, as per usual shouldn't it be up to the teachers uh, you know they're the people they're the, they're, they're the frontline staff who are dealing with kids well nobody who's not involved in the sector should be able to make the decisions for that sector yeah. because they don't understand what's actually going on ground level uh, Adrian Brannock is the principal with Gwales called Peg Sears good morning Adrian how are you doing Hi, Ford, how are you? Great, good, good. You. good to talk to you. Listen, um, an article popped up with uh, your concerns uh, around sending all of the kids back to school. Um, you said that it's impossible for schools to manage infection control, uh, particularly coming off the back of Christmas, given this massive surge in positive cases uh, nationwide. You think this is, this is a really bad idea and we shouldn't be doing it? Yeah, look... Uh before Christmas, I had a different uh, opinion. I said that, look, we should try and keep schools open for, for the mental health of children and all that. But I think opening now is just premature and absolute madness. Um, even in my own situation in school, I have four teachers who have uh, tested positive for COVID. Um, they're out. I'm trying to find substitutes and bring in 300 children into a school at the moment when they're spreading viruses as well is absolutely crazy. So I, I, I'm totally against it. I think we should delay it for two weeks at least. That's my own opinion. Yeah. With, with the, the way that things have been approached uh, thus far in terms, of, uh, in terms of managing COVID and stuff like that, it seems that everything has been, all of the changes and all of the decisions have been made in a very splintered, fractured way and in a very reactive way from the bottom Whereas nobody's actually made a decision from the top down, as in this is what we're going to do, and this will, and this is how it's going to affect everything on the ground level. It seems like it's just, oh, let's stop this for a week or two, let's change this, let's tell half the people to go home. Do you think that there there needs to be a proper like 
you know, plan put in place and then let that filter down to like your sector and other sectors because this just feels like it's pushing things down the road more and more. Yeah, look, I think that, um, <laughs> you know, that there's a different decision every week, unfortunately. Um, as regards us, we, do, we we get a circular from the Department of Education every week. Um, everything changes. Um, Norma Foley, you know, is meeting today and they're going to make a decision as you know what's going to happen. But it is very, as you said, fractured. And, you know, we we want, like, to be fair to teachers, to be fair to parents, to everybody else, we want something that um, we can be clear about and we can plan. Um, at the moment, we're planning about putting in air filters into schools. Um, we don't even know, is that going to work? I've been told that they break down the, a lot of maintenance involved, you know, and we're getting thousands of euros from the Department of Education. Uh, no no structure at all, no uh, guidance. And I think from talking to colleagues at the moment, we just think it's madness to open up the schools at the moment. Um, I know, okay, of course, for children's mental health, it's great to get back. But look, they're on their holidays at the moment anyway. I mean, just a, a delayed holiday, I think, is a lot better than, you know, closing it down completely. In, in, in the middle of, of a term when it would uh, affect children. But I think at the moment, I just think the best decision would be to delay it. Do you, do you think it's impossible to stop transmissions in schools because everything is so close and everyone's on top of each other? And even if you put in loads of different restrictions and loads of different protocols or whatever, it's still kids in very close proximity for a long period of time. Yeah, completely. I mean, you, you can stop maybe third to sixth class um you know, being on top of each other. But you're talking about infants <laughs> and you, you cannot stop infants uh, jumping on top of each other. Yeah. And at the moment, children are, are transmitting it as much as uh, adults are. And that's the problem. And you cannot stop, like, infants in second class. They're going to be on top of each other no matter what you do. You can't stop. You can't create these pods. It's absolutely ridiculous to think that you can you can create pods in uh, infants right up to first class, second class, seven, eight-year-olds, mm-hmm. you know. And... Um, these children are going to be top of each other and they're going, it, it, it's going to spread no matter what. Yeah, it is It is probably fair to say, Adrian, that it's, you know, kids are carrying this more than adults are and uh, at this stage. But schools have done, to be fair, um, from speaking to, to friends of mine who are, who are in, the, in the teacher business, they've done everything they can and they've done everything they've been asked of and they've gone beyond the call of duty in terms of keeping places safe and in, in disinfecting and watching the behaviour of the kids and making sure that they're, they're you know, uh, you know, as, as a part as they can be uh, given the space that you have in a classroom um, so this is pretty unfair that you're constantly landed with all of these problems with very little guidance really yeah look as you said we're doing our best the best you can do is like we can keep um, we can keep separate classes you, you know and they go to the yard and they're in the one class but that's it um, but that's all you can do look we're doing our best, but as I said, um, to, to try and create pods um, hasn't worked at all. Mm. Definitely with, with junior classes, you know. Um, so, you know, um, we as a, we get we get we get uh, it's, it's crazy. Like we get um, as, a, as a principal, <laughs> we get emails from the department on a Friday evening, you know, to try and prepare for the Monday morning or, as regards guidance, as regards everything, as regards face mask as guard air filters blah 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 and you know it's just 
it's just, it's crazy. And we're probably expecting some kind of an email today, probably around five or six o'clock from Norma Foley's office, um, telling us something, and we don't even know what's coming. We wow. don't know. In, in an ideal situation, Adrian, what, and I'm not asking you to solve the entire problems, but uh, what what's your ideal scenario or situation or what infrastructure or what plan do you think, you know, being somebody who's there on the ground, you know, dealing with it every day, what do you think is the best thing that you think would, would work in terms of curtailing it or should they all go back home and and, stud, and work from home on Zooms and stuff? What do you think is the, the ideal situation? Look, my own opinion, um, I think that we should remain closed for at least two weeks, especially after Christmas. There has been so many people, there's so many gatherings going on after Christmas. I can guarantee you when I come in tomorrow or in, in Thursday, there's going to be cases with children Already, I have four teachers out at the moment with COVID. I'm probably going to have more before I come to Wednesday. Um, unfortunately, that, that that is the situation. I don't want to close the schools. I all I, I said before Christmas, you know, we should keep open for the sake of the children. But now it's got so bad. I know there's going to be cases with children. There's going to be cases with teachers. And I think the best thing to do is after Christmas, especially after Christmas, after so many gatherings, I think we should just you know, delayed for two weeks at least mm-hmm. and just, you know, isolate. Uh, we, before Christmas, we knew this was coming and we sent all the books home with the children. So, like, they have the books. We can do online teaching and it's not ideal, unfortunately, but it's the best thing we can do. You're doing your best and fair play to you, Adrian, yeah. and to all, to all principals and staff across Cork who... Uh, you're, you're pulling your hair out over, over this whole thing at the moment but um, listen keep up the good work and I, I hope it all works out maybe later on today you might get an email to say shut shop for a couple of weeks yeah. which would be the ideal situation that you're looking for um, if you have to keep going uh, as you said you're, you're scrambling looking for substitute teachers at the moment that can't be easy there can't be that many of them out there especially with every school uh, in a similar yeah. staffing situation uh, listen keep us updated with everything that's going on uh, in Peg Sears and, and keep up the good work thanks for chatting to us Thanks, Fargo. Thank you. All right, take care. Good luck. Uh, it's 18 minutes after 9 o'clock. It is Cork's 96FM. It's Casey and Ross with you. In for PJ Coogan. Uh, PJ's going to be back on air on Thursday Thanks, morning. Fargo. Casey and Ross in for PJ Coogan, who's going to be back on Thursday morning. Oh, by the way, Happy New Year to all of you. Mm-hmm. I hope you're doing all right. Yeah. It's a beautiful morning out there. Lines are open. 0818 uh, Parents uh, texting in and WhatsApping in are, are basically 99% of them are of the of the agreements that schools should not be opening. The problem is, obviously, people are faced with Ross is logistics. Yeah, you got two two parents that are working full time and they both have jobs to get to, and then Auntie Nelly up the road has is is isolating, and yeah. your friend who usually does a bit of babysitting is sick. It's 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 a pretty sticky situation for a lot of people yeah. out there, right? Yeah. Uh, someone texted in saying, "Stop! Don't talk to me." The wife's crash went uh, COVID viral Christmas week with eight out of the ten staff infected uh, and a child or two as well. The whole family had COVID for Christmas. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, listen, it's not the first time we've heard of you know an outbreak in a school or a, a mass infection in a school. That's that's why we're talking about uh, closing them for two weeks because it's just it's a breeding ground. Obviously, it's a petri dish. Yeah, there there is a massive staff crisis issue for early child. Childhood uh, providers across Cork, and we'll talk to Elaine Dunn about that. Zero eight one eight nine six nine six nine six. If you want to have a chat with us, Elaine Dunn is the chair of Federation of Early Childhood Providers. Elaine, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Uh, good. Yeah, uh, good. Listen, lovely to talk to you. Um, again, like our last caller, uh, like Adrian, the principal of of Peg Sears, um, 
have you any hair left? Have you pulled it all out? <laughs> no, well, for me personally, um, out of 13 staff and a full day care, I'm down nine today. Whoa. So, uh, and now I've got parents texting and ringing and saying, um, are we opening? What are we doing? And how can I open? I, I, if I open, it'll just be for frontline staff because I can't man any more than that. And we, you can't cross pods with your staff either. Yeah. So you can only open up to one pod. Remind, remind everybody, remind everybody, Elaine, first of all, pre-COVID and mm-hmm. before the issues, what are the rules uh, for teacher to kid ratios in, in childcare centres now? Okay, so um, I, the way it works, it depends on the age range. So for me in my service, um, I'm one of to six in one part of the service, one is to eight in another part, and then in the after school, it's one is to 12. You know, so it's quite difficult to try and run the service and look after all the children and cater for all the families on a skeleton. So uh, what, what's, the, what, staff, like. what's the message that you're giving to people that are contacting you saying what's going on because you obviously are the point of contact for people so are you kind of telling people that there there isn't a service there or like how how are you managing the lack of well, infrastructure we're trying, I suppose what we're trying to do is explain to parents the situation we're in um, I would have uh, liked a lot more support from government at this time but they seem to have gone to ground up until today so hopefully we'll get some news today. We are on a meeting at 12 o'clock the, this afternoon um, with the department. Um, what's going to change between now and then? I don't know. I, I'm hoping that they will give us a bit of time to say, look, keep us closed this week, uh, the ones that are struggling with staff at this time, and maybe next week as well, and let the virus do its best over the next two weeks and then see where we go from there. I mean, look, we don't have the HEPA machines in. We don't have access to the antigen testing every day for staff or children within the services. You know, there was a, a, a poll done by ACP yesterday um, and within a number of hours, they had 700 people answered. 70% of providers in this country do not have adequate staff to open up. I mean, that's huge. Mm. I've never seen that, that at all, ever. You know, we just cannot open on skeleton staff. It's dangerous. It's not in the, the best interest of the children or the staff or anybody else. The well-being and safety has to be paramount. Um, you know, at the end of the day, there are children and there are staff that are coming into work that are, you know, high risk medically. And you have to remember that as well. So there's, there's an awful lot to be considered. And I think leaving it to last minute, having a meeting today, that's last minute. Some services have opened this morning with skeleton staff. I provided on to me yesterday crying that they just, how are they going to man this? How are they going to manage? And like as I said, we all we can do is our best. And I hope parents will back us on this. We are doing our best. But without staff, we cannot open. We are up against it with TUSLA regulations, with ratios, with all of that stuff. So, you know, we need the support of the parents here as well to understand. Please do not send in sick children to us. And, and you could be in a situation too where if you're down staff and you're, you're trying to accommodate the kids that are coming into you and all of a sudden you've got too many kids in one pod or one area and then you get an inspection knock at the door. I mean, mm. you know, and the, and the HSE rock in uh, wondering how, th- how things are managed. I mean, you're completely snookered there as well. Well, I suppose that the one thing to be that we all have to be vigilant in is that we do not take in too many children. I mean, we are bound by the, the rules of TUSLA. That's as simple as that. 
you cannot take too many children in. Um, but what I would hope is that the department would look favourably on no inspections at the moment. I mean, we don't let anybody into our services. So why are we going to let an inspector in that we don't know where she has been? Mm-hmm. We don't know what she's done over Christmas. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So there's common sense prevails here. I mean, realistically, we're not allowed to refuse a, a tooth inspection, but there are a lot of other inspections there that we get as well. But I would hope at this point that our minister and the department will look favourably on ceasing all of the inspections at this time until this starts to calm down again. If 70% of the sector is understaffed and it seems to be widespread across the country, do you not think that there should be a decision made where they're saying, well, if 70% can't cope, we need to make a blanket decision and tell everybody go to ground until until numbers yeah. are, are, are lower or at least they can bring in a full staff because why should some people be struggling when others aren't and then, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like they're serving the 30% even though the 70% can't manage. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely believe it should be a blanket closure. And it should be a blanket closure from now until maybe the end of next week and see where we are then. But I mean, at the moment, look, they gave us a grant. We got a grant for the HEPA machine, sir, which is very welcome. We got it on, it came into our banks on Christmas Eve. Then you get onto the company. We have got a company that's working with us, with the Federation, and we've gotten onto them. And they're trying to service as many of us as quick as possible. But they can only do as much as they can as well. So until we have the proper ventilation in and, and you know, that that's a huge one. And they have to listen to us. The department need to listen. Parents need to come out here and support the services that are in trouble and are struggling at the moment. And we do need a blanket closure for two weeks. Will we get it? Who knows? Are you waiting to find out later on today if, they, if they're going to, yeah. going to shut everything there's, down? There's, there's a meeting at 12 o'clock. You can see the ASTI have come out there screaming for the schools as well. We're all we're all saying the same thing, and and I heard earlier on on your program that parents are now saying the same thing. You know, maybe the parents should come out and speak out louder uh, on on social media and that, and let the government know that they don't feel it's safe for their children to return to schools and crashes either. It's a tough station, isn't it, yeah. Elaine? It really is. Totally, um, and it's very stressful for everybody, and it's affecting every sector. And you know, the fact that the government haven't come out and made any announcements whatsoever—they're only meeting for the first time today—is absolutely disgraceful. It really and is. All, all, all anybody's worried about is the price of a can. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the front pages of all the newspapers, that's, that's what's making all the headlines today. It's 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 the price oh of price God. of six packs. Um, the very best of luck. I hope you get the news you're looking for today. And like um, like Adrian that we just spoke to, um, I mean, it's it's quite obvious what what you guys are looking for and what you need uh, because the staff are not there to, to to support you know the next couple of weeks. Um, so Elaine Dunn, thank you for chatting to us. Best of luck. Thank you. Cheers. Courts ninety six FM. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Adwanted UK is the provider of single-source media data for agencies, media owners, brands, and academic institutions. And thanks to our rebranded news offering called The Media Leader, we can also lead the way in championing excellence and inclusion in the media industry. To find out more, simply visit the dash media dash leader dot com to subscribe to our daily bulletins. The Media Leader 
from Adwanted UK.